Hi, this is Caroline Gonzalez Vega from the University of Illinois. I'm a PhD student, and today I have the pleasure to talk about the effects of microbial phytis on the digestibility of calcium in calcium supplements fed to growing pigs. This is the outline of the presentation. First, I will start with a short background about calcium supplements. Then I will mention the materials and methods that we use. And then we will move into the results and discussion. And finally, I will give you some conclusions and implications. Most of the diets contain plant ingredients that have relatively low calcium concentration. Therefore, calcium needs to be supplemented in diets. So there are several calcium supplements that we can use to add calcium in the diets. Monocalcium phosphate and dicalcium phosphate, abbreviated as MCP and DCP respectively, are two products that contain calcium and phosphorus. So MCP contain 16 to 18.5% calcium and 21.5% phosphorus. DCP contains 21 to 25% calcium and 18.5% phosphorus. These two products are not in a pure form, but they are a mixture of MCP and DCP. So to understand this, let me explain how these two products are produced. We start by adding phosphoric acid into calcium carbonate at 200 degrees Fahrenheit. And then MCP and DCP are produced during this process. So if in the final product we have 18.5% phosphorus, we call it DCP. And this is a mixture of MCP and DCP. And as you can see, we have more DCP than MCP. But if we want more phosphorus in the final product, then we have to add more phosphoric acid. And if we obtain about 21% phosphorus, we call it MCP. And as you can see, it contains more MCP than DCP. Calcium carbonate is one of the calcium sources with the greatest calcium concentration. It contains 38.5 to 40% calcium and 0.02 to 0.16% phosphorus. L-calcarium calcium is produced from calcified seaweeds, lithotanium calcarium, and can be used as calcium supplements for poultry and pigs. And the product that we use in this experiment is commercially known as Vistacal, and it contains 34.5% calcium and 0.2% phosphorus. Sugar beet coproduct is a coproduct of the sugar beet production and is mostly used in agriculture for soil conditioning and for correction of soil acidity. The product that we use in this experiment is commercially known as Limex and it contains 31.5% calcium and 0.8% phosphorus. So now let me explain the phytic calcium interactions. On yellow, we have the plant ingredient that contains phytid and some calcium. Some of this calcium is bound to phytid. In the white circle, it represents the calcium supplement. So here we only have calcium and not phytid. So when we feed this to the pig in the gastrointestinal tract, some of the calcium gets bound to phytid. Therefore, the digestibility of the calcium from the calcium supplement is reduced. 
when we add phytis in the diet, then this phytis is able to break down the phytid, releasing some of the phosphorus and also reducing the chance of phytid to bind calcium. Therefore, inclusion of microbial phytis will result in increasing the digestibility of phosphorus and calcium. So, so far we know only the calcium concentration in these calcium supplements. There are no values for a standardized total tract digestibility of calcium in pigs, and to our knowledge, there are no data about the effect of microbial phytis on the STTD of calcium. Therefore, the objective of this experiment was to test the hypothesis that inclusion of microbial phytis increases the STTD of calcium. For this experiment, we used 104 growing barrels with initial body weight 17.7 kilograms. We used 13 diets with a replicate pigs per diet, and we had fecal collections using the marker-to-marker -marker approach. This is the calcium and phosphorus composition of the calcium supplements, and as you can see, MCP and DCP have substantial amount of calcium and phosphorus. For calcium carbonate, L-calcarium calcium, and sugar beet coproduct, they have relatively high calcium concentration, but relatively low phosphorus concentration. We use corn and potato protein isolate as an energy and protein source because these two ingredients contain relatively low concentration of calcium. Also because the objective of this experiment was to test the effect of phytis, then the inclusion of these two ingredients was ideal to include some phytis in the diet. These are the diets without phytis, and because we use the difference procedure, we use a basal diet that contains 88% corn, potato protein isolate, and soybean oil. We also add 0.8% calcium carbonate and some cornstarch, vitamins, and minerals. So we formulate the other diets using the basal diet, but we add the calcium supplement at the expense of cornstarch. So by difference procedure, we will be able to determine the digestibility of the calcium from the calcium supplement. This is the chemical composition of the diets, and as you can see, the basal diets contain 0.33% calcium, and the other diets contain from 0.7 to 0.86% calcium. The phytic bound phosphorus was similar among diets because all of them contain the same amount of corn and potato protein isolate. However, the non-phytic phosphorus was greater in the MCP and DCP diets because these diets contain MCP and DCP that not only add calcium in the diets but also phosphorus. We formulate six additional diets similar to the previous diet with the exception that we add 500 units of phytis. The microbial phytis that we use is quantum blue. This is the calcium-free diet that we formulate to measure the basal endogenous losses of calcium and to be able to determine the STTD of calcium. The STTD of calcium in the diets were determined by using the direct procedure. And the STTD of calcium in the calcium supplements 
were determined by using the difference procedure. The ATTD of phosphorus in the diets were determined by using the direct procedure, and we analyzed the data for each calcium supplement using the PROC mix of SAS with the fixed effect of phytis and the random effect of block. Now let's move into the results and the discussion. First, let me set up the slide. In the x-axis, we have the STTD of calcium and the ATTD of phosphorus. Underneath, we have the p-value for the phytis effect. The orange bar represents the diets without phytis, and the blue bar represents the diets with phytis. So for the basal diets, the inclusion of microbial phytis increased the digestibility of calcium and phosphorus. This may indicate that calcium was bound to phytid and also that phosphorus was released from phytid when microbial phytis was used. For MCP diets, the digestibility of calcium was not affected by the microbial phytis. So this may indicate that calcium was not bound to phytid, and we believe that this is because the calcium is already bound to phosphate in this product, therefore it's more difficult for phytate to bind this calcium that is already bound to phosphate. And here also we observe that the digestibility of phosphorus increased by the inclusion of microbial phytis, therefore some of the phosphorus was released from phytate. For DCP diets, the digestibility of calcium was not affected by phytis, so we have similar explanation for this product as the MCP diets. However, the digestibility of phosphorus was not affected by phytis, and we don't have an explanation for this observation. These are the calcium carbonate diets, and here we observe that the digestibility of calcium and digestibility of phosphorus increase with the inclusion of microbial phytis. This is in agreement with the results obtained from the basal diets that contain calcium carbonate as the only source of calcium. Therefore, this may indicate that calcium was bound to phytate. These are the L-calcarium calcium diets, and here we observe that the inclusion of microbial phytis did not affect the STTD of calcium. This may indicate that calcium was not bound to phytate, and we don't know the chemical structure of the calcium present in this product. But the inclusion of microbial phytis increased the digestibility of phosphorus due to the release of phosphorus from phytate. These are the sugar beet product diets, and here we observe that inclusion of microbial phytis did not affect the digestibility of calcium. Also, this may indicate that calcium was not bound to phytate, and we don't know the chemical structure of the calcium in this product, but here we observe that there is a tendency to increase the digestibility of phosphorus if microbial phytis was used. This is the STTD of calcium in the calcium supplements without and with phytis, and these values were obtained from using the difference procedure. Here we observe that the inclusion of microbial phytis increased the STTD of calcium in calcium carbonate, but phytis did not have an effect on the STTD of calcium in MCP, DCP, L-calcarium calcium, and sugar beet coproduct.
In conclusion, the effect of phytis on the stitty of calcium was different in calcium supplements, and microbial phytis increased the stitty of calcium in calcium carbonate. Some implications from this research are that we should formulate diets using the stitty of calcium instead of total calcium values, and also if nutritionists want to reduce the diet cost and phosphorus excretion by replacing some MCP or DCP with other calcium sources and also including microbial phytis in the diets, they should be aware that the digestibility of calcium may be different in the calcium supplements and also that the effect of microbial phytis is different in calcium supplements. And with this, I want to thank you for your attention and also I want to thank AB Vista for the financial support. And if you want to know more about monogastric nutrition, please visit our website. And thanks once again.